A snowstorm in May couldn't stop the Mets from winning yet another series. The boys took two out of three from the Rockies and have the most wins in the National League. Ah, but Jake, Max Scherzer is now out for six to eight weeks. Jacob deGrom is still on the shelf. And Tyler McGill is on the mend. Should we be concerned about the injuries? Plus, Mets legend and 86 World Series champion, friend of the program, Doc Gooden joins us. And it's all next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweet. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Nelson Figueroa, the belated birthday boy. Happy belated birthday to you, Figgy. Thank you, thank you. The big 4-8. Uh, big 4-8, yep. How'd you celebrate? How do we celebrate? By uh, having a six-run lead disappear to a 10-run rally in the fourth inning and uh, to our demise. But other than that, it was a great day. Well, I would assume there was lots of drinks out after that <laughs> to, to swallow that loss. Uh, Doc Gooden's going to join us later in the show. He has now been on four times on the program. We'll talk about his days playing and also his days playing in August for the Old Timers Day Mets game. So excited to chat with Doc. You know, it was your birthday Wednesday. You're 48 years old, Figgy. You keep bringing um, that up. Yeah, because the l- let me tell you, my my dad said to me, he said, "What's going on with Figgy's hair? Is he trying out for Jesus Christ Superstar?" <laughs> I'm like, and your hair has been a topic of conversation, so we might as well address it. Are you staying with the long hair? Are you cutting it? What's what's up with the flow going on right now? I think as long as you can grow it, you might as well. I think is that a shot at me? Did, no, no, not a shot. <laughs> Just I mean, when did you decide that it was better to not have hair? 2015. I was 24 and it was receding, and I said goodnight. <laughs> See, well, at this point in time, I think uh, I've I've grown attached literally to the hair, and um, I'm gonna keep growing it for a little while. Like I said, I think I'm gonna do something maybe to raise some money for charity. Um, so we can plug that for maybe later on in the season. Um, or I might have to do what I did in Taiwan where I had a five game winning streak on the line. And I would shave my head. I did it in Taiwan. I don't know if I'll do it here, but well, the way fairy Hawks are losing, you might need to shave it to change something <laughs> up. I mean, you guys can't buy a victory. That, that's exactly it. So motivationally it may take that as well. So charity and turning the luck around. Well, I hope you enjoyed your birthday. It is also a happy birthday to Buck Showalter. Happy yes, birthday, indeed. Buck, who turns 66 today as we record this on Monday afternoon. The Mets will begin a three-game set against the Giants before they come home to face the Phillies Memorial Day weekend. Happy birthday, Buck Showalter, 66. And me and Buck have something in common. We both just learned what Rocky Mountain oysters are, <sighs> which apparently are bull's testicles. Am I right? Yes, because there are no, there's no water for oysters to grow in the Rocky Mountains, therefore, of which it's supposed to be a play on the 
oyster kind of thing. And you learned that, first off, you learned that testicles are something that are edible, but you thought it was human testicles at no, first? No, I didn't think that. That, I, that is a lie. I thought I will it bring was slang Rocky Mountain oysters like a joke. It's not oysters like it's like you're eating balls. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't following. And then I look it up, and the picture of it, it just looks like fried calamari or chicken. And it's yet, like KFC and, popcorn and, and chicken. Then it, and then it gave the animal which it comes from, and what animal was that? Uh, the bull. What sound does a bull make, Jake? Uh What's that? Ouch. Yeah, I just won't hold up red around it, I know, because they'll charge me. But I'm looking at the picture, it actually looks good. So maybe we'll do a. No, 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 no. no. Unless you got a mouse in your pocket, don't say we. You're not going to try it? Hell no. Are they that bad? Can we get these at like a store nearby? I am not putting testicles in my mouth. For the sake of content, I would if they taste (laughs) decent. Not human, but Rocky Mountain. But they can't bowls. be that. They can't be that bad if it's an actual thing. It's some consider it a delicacy. Therefore, I've, I've never ate tongue. I've never. There's certain things I won't eat. That's one of them. Well, okay. I'll stand well, by it. We'll Jake, see if we can. Jake. You can. Are put they only else in the Rockies? Me. Can we get? Are they in New York? Uh, oh, I'm Rocky sure you Mountain can oysters? get. Them. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we'll do some research and find some uh, Rocky, <laughs> go on 48th and 6th and, <laughs> and get some uh, some bull testicles. Well, speaking of bull testicles, the Mets have a lot of bull testicles going on, right? They got some cojones, 28-15, mm-hmm. another series win. And listen, we know Taiwan Walker could pitch well in the first half. The question is, will he carry it over to the second half? Last year was an all-star in the first half. Figgy, he's pitching like an all-star again here in the first half this season. Two straight games. What was it? 86 games or so? The Rockies went without scoring two or more runs, and mm-hmm. the Mets held them to zero runs yep. and one run. Yeah. No, fantastic job by the pitching staff, especially in that environment. Um, there was the 11-3 to game in there. It's bound to happen. It's Coors Field. But when you see that this team is just, they've done such a great job of bouncing back. As soon as they lose a game, they're right back. That's a very big thing because you want to nip those losing streaks before they even start. Trust me, I, I know all about losing streaks yeah, right do. now. But at the same time, this is where you get you build that character, that it's next man up. And they're not even doing it at full capacity. They've lost McGill and they lost Scherzer and Bassett you know, struggled at times, Cookie struggled at times, and yet they still find a way to win ball games. And it's not with the long ball, even in Colorado. It's not with the long ball. They won those games. Very few runs, but they play outstanding defense. They play smart, fundamental baseball, and it all starts from the guy up at the top, the birthday boy, who has you know really instilled in this team that there's more than one way to win a game. You don't have to have home run derby every game to win games, and this team has built with some power up and down the lineup, but I mean, over the last 10 games, yeah, over the last week, they only hit five home runs, and yet, you know, they have won the majority of their games, so that's what you like to see is that when it does get hotter and there's those days of summer where the ball's flying, yeah, they can put up runs in bunches, but at the same time, you know in these tight games that they're finding ways to win ball games, and it's been from a multitude of different um, you know players and even you know pitchers coming through in the clutch where you can't expect everything happening from one or two guys. Yeah, their only two-game losing streak, they did have one figure they haven't done it since, was that final game against the Nationals that I was at in D.C. where they kind of blew it, and then they lost the Phillies where the bullpen blew right, it, those right, back-to-back right. games. Since then, no two-game losing streaks. And, yeah, that's a testament to Buck. This team doesn't have a letdown. Uh, and they're battling injuries and perseverance. And one of those guys you mentioned, Scherzer, can you give us a timetable? They say six to eight weeks. It's a moderate to high oblique strain. 
My guess is he's, he's around that last week of July, first week of August, but maybe you could give a better idea when you see Scherzer coming back. Yeah, six to eight weeks is that's a very tentative. Uh, it's just a, a blanket kind of idea of, of when someone can come back from that. Some guys heal faster than others. The oblique strains are very difficult to deal with because you don't know if you're 100% until you're out there pitching and throwing at max effort. Um, no bullpen session, no, you know, get, get, especially for hitters when they have the oblique strain. They'll take batting practice and they'll do all the front toss and they feel great taking normal swings with a bat, but it's that, you know, one slider down and away that they reach out for a little bit too extra and they feel it twinge again. So Max has dealt with injuries in the past and I'm sure this is something he's probably done, you know, maybe not this severe to knock him out for this amount of time, but he's come back from things like that. So he knows his body and at the same time, the training staff's going to err on the side of caution and make sure that he's 100% when he comes back. You don't want him to come back and then all of a sudden have to be shut down again for another six to eight weeks because he came back too soon. So as far as I'm concerned, I take the eight weeks and have him coming back around the All-Star break. And it's crazy because at the time you're thinking, here we go again, Mets can have nice things, no DeGrom and Scherzer. But this team continues to rebound. And, you know, it would have been Panic City if the Mets were to lose that game against the Cardinals Thursday, but Pete Alonso hit one to our favorite place in the world, Astoria, mm-hmm. where he clobbered one out of there, and usually you would panic. You're like, all right, Edwin Diaz blows a save, and listen, that wasn't his fault. I mean, Eduardo Escobar's defense has been a little disappointing at third. At mm-hmm. times he's been good, but got to make that play in the ninth. He had two infield balls there. Mm-hmm. Nothing Diaz could do. He recovered well. You know, he walk, when you walk a guy leading to Goldschmidt, Always it's happens. leading to trouble. Mm-hmm. So you just can't do that. But he continues to be voltaic. That's my new word. That's replacing electric is voltaic. I, <laughs> as, I, Hart's, as Hart's just does the Lee Trevino and from Happy Gilmore. It's just a nice word. Well, what do you want me to keep saying electric? I no. got oh, any no. Charged, electrifying. I'm not going to exhilarating. Okay, that's How about one. he's been good? He's just been damn good. good. He's, he's been damn good, and that slider's been filthy, and he's throwing yeah. gas. But that's that's an example of this testament of the Mets team because sky falling, Scherzer out, they lose that game to the Cardinals. Instead, series win, Alonzo walk-off, the classic shooting the helmet, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, celebration, Jeff McNeil dancing, the gifts that come out of that. <laughs> and uh, all hope wasn't lost on that Thursday. Yeah, and, and what you're looking at from Diaz is this is the Diaz that they had always thought they were trading for, right? This is a guy who in Seattle was locked in, his slider. Looking up all the metrics on his slider right now, he's using his slider more than ever, that 51% of the time, going then to the fastball, uh, which has been, you know, upwards of 100 miles an hour. He's all around the zone with the fastball, but the slider is looking like a strike and then disappearing really taking a page out of the Grom's um, notebook of how to be effective against lefties or righties because you haven't seen anybody really square this slider up and he continues to use it and go to it and it's a different shape than it has been in the past it doesn't have a, as big of a break it's not as loopy has more of a downward break to it at 91 miles an hour and I think in the past, he was trying to overthrow it um, with all these new guys coming up and throwing 100 miles an hour with 95-mile-an-hour sliders. He wanted to always kind of keep up with the Joneses because that's what he felt like it, he needed to needed to do to be successful. But it wasn't that. It was just being able to execute that pitch over and over again, and he's getting very DeGrom-like with that, where it's that down and away to a righty, down and in on a lefty, and it just disappears at 92 miles an hour. So effective. His confidence is at an all-time high. He doesn't look rattled out there no matter what happens. And I think that's one of the blessings of going through things like he did when he first got here was, you know what, this has happened before. I know how to deal with it now. And you have to deal with failure to have success and appreciate success. And right now, whenever he gets the ball, you feel very confident he's going to get the job done. 
You know, Chris Bassett strangely gets this deal during the season. They finally agree to a number, which does that happen often? No, usually arbitration is done in spring training with, with the collective bargaining agreement up in the air that they kind of, you know, scheduled these things thusly. And most of the players agreed and signed and, and avoided arbitration. Arbitration is a very disgusting place to be. You, you hear the worst of who you are as a, as a player, as a person, you know, involved with the organization. You never want to hear these things. And usually you send representation to, to hear all these things because you don't want to deal with it. But it's a great deal for the Mets, a great deal for Bassett. I, I think you just to have that out of their minds and he can continue pitching the way he has been, you know, that, that's something was a very nice find by the Mets to go out and trade for him and to get him um, right now because he's really figured out what makes him tick and what makes him different than most pitchers is that change of speeds that he does so well. And if you're a young pitcher watching this staff, they've got everything. So you can learn a little bit from each one of these guys and hopefully you take, you know, Scherzer's change up, DeGrom slider, and you got the curveball from McGill, and you got the split finger from Ty Walker, and you can make yourself it's into... the Avengers. Oh, my God. It'd be, it'd be, <laughs> it's the infinity, infinity gauntlet. You go out there and rule the rule the universe if you could do all five. Well, $8.8 million is what he's guaranteed. It'll be interesting because he's got a $19 million mutual option with a $150,000 buyout for next season. My guess would be is he opts out of that and tries to get 20 to 25 for five years. I mean, the Mets got the money. He's 33. They got to try to pay him. Yeah. He's 33. So Maybe I think three he years, has, 60. Yeah, I, I don't know. With this ownership group, anything is possible. So reworking the deal so that it's beneficial possible. to both is more so than, than you just, think he opts out. I don't know. If number. He, I don't know if it's a, a mutual thing where the opt out, cause it's 150,000 just to buy him out. I mean, that that's a, that's a no brainer. It's if you a buy mutual, out. mutual option. So it's a mutual option. So with a mutual option, you probably, you, well, the difference is, is that if it's a, player's option the player says yes i want the 19 million or says no to it if it's a team option then the team says we either want to give it to him or they give him the buyout of 150,000 so for a team if he struggles or if he's injured or if they just feel like he's not worth 19 million it's $150,000 to buy him out uh, that's a no brainer and this is why you celebrate moments like the cool video we saw the other day which leads me to our next point is Max Scherzer making the speech for Eduardo Escobar for 10 years of service time. That is a big deal. You know, mm -hmm. you get to 10 years and to do it like he has been an all-star, obviously very frustrating this season, the field, mm -hmm. but mostly at the plate, what he's hitting. He's got to be better, but that's a cool thing to get to 10 years. It's also cool to see this team continuing. I mean, this is a day the guy gets announced he's out six to eight weeks, and he's on a podium in the, in the clubhouse around the whole team giving a speech and giving a bottle that they hope to crack when you know they hopefully win a World Series this year. That's a moment that, one, shows you the camaraderie of this team. Two, shows you that Max Scherzer and that $43 million a year that he's mm -hmm. worked towards. And that's why these guys are trying to battle through this arbitration because you try to get big bucks like that. It shows you that Scherzer is more than just a pitcher and a leader on the team. He's a leader off the field and in the clubhouse. That's something special. And, and you being a guy who's been in that clubhouse, first, what are your thoughts on that? And two, did you ever see a guy make speeches for someone? Because back then there weren't videos of it. Like there's right. a video of everything now. Yeah, yeah. So we we had, and I'll go to this one real quick. Uh, Elmer Descends was a pitcher with us who finally made it to 10 years while we were all together. We were in San Diego. And the Mets got him a cake. He got a cake with, uh, you know, a big 
big 10 year um uh, 10 year candle on it and they gave him a bottle of champagne same kind of thing I forgot he was and, on the Mets for and, a little yeah bit. and you get and you get a, a gold card at that point where it's free admission into any ballpark at any time you get free tickets um, it takes you 10 years just to get free tickets ten, well alumni associations usually take care of us anyway you can yeah, get yeah. two tickets anywhere most likely but like during the big games or anything but you can literally you have you get a gold card it, it was pretty cool just to have that card the metal card this is before they had the the metal cards and like an and amex for stadiums right, exactly so um so that was elmer descends i remember him doing it and you know he was born in mexico and and it was a huge deal because you heard uh, max scherzer giving all the details of only twenty two thousand people have ever put on a major league uniform and out of those people eight percent have gotten 10 years in only eight percent it was like 1700 out of the twenty two thousand have gotten the 10 year full 10 years in it's very difficult to do and teams started really noticing it because of all the perks that you get after those 10 years all the um benefits that you get it's one hundred eighty thousand dollars for life um at age 62 um you have full medical full the, the best insurance uh, possibly in the land all those different things that add up to a, a, a extremely blessed and no everybody always says well nowadays if you played 10 years you made over 100 million dollars he's made 47 million i think that's the number that they were saying that he made like something like 47 million dollars yep. and you could see the the pride on his face as he's hearing these numbers and how rare it is to get to this point because a lot of teams would be like eh. like with him being batting only 200 there would be teams that would be like ah, let's keep him from getting those 10 years like it means a lot to guys and it means it should mean a lot to the younger guys the younger generation because they're being brought up earlier but they're being recycled through so much faster and listen we hope scherzer sticks around the clubhouse because he's clearly a great clubhouse guy the players love him. Another guy who's played 10 years is Starling Marte. And what a story. What a comeback to the field on Saturday. You know, Friday snowed out. Crazy weather in Colorado. Chilly day Saturday. Marte, the first pitch he sees is a home run. I mean, just clobbers it. And then you see him, you know, point to the sky to his grandmother who passed away. You know, within the last week, his grandmother, Brigia, raised him, you know, since he was nine. His, his mom died when he was nine years old, grandmother raised him, and they called her Ponga. Fifty grandchildren Ponga oh. had. Forty great-grandchildren. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Delaware population. I mean, that's a <laughs> lot of grandchildren. Almost two years to the day that Starling's wife passed away. So, I mean, this guy has been through it. It's just mm-hmm. you feel terrible for him. And for him to come back and you saw everyone patting his back, we know he was down and the players were like, yeah, he, he was feeling out of it as he should. To hit a home run that first game, just another story in this. I cannot wait for 2022 Mets yearbook on SNY and a random rain delay in 2025. Yeah, this is the human side of the game that that you have more interaction with more so than ever with social media. And when social media is used properly, you know, the, the players love to be able to contribute and tell their stories and things like that. It's when you put yourself out there and you make yourself vulnerable and you get these people who just attack and say some of the dumbest things that players will shy away from that. I've said it from day one when I took the job at SNY that, you know, the 10th man is real. Like it's palpable when you have good fan base, when you have fans that care and support you and you have fans that show that not just as a player, but as a person, they appreciate you. That goes a long, long way, man. And and to this day, I have so many friends um, that reach out to me, you know, even the struggles we're going through with the Ferry Hawks, it'll turn around. And, you know, we've had a couple of 
the fantasy camp members, they donated money just so that we can take these guys out to get a bite to eat on them. So they'd cater a meal for us or, for, or I could cater a meal for them. And little things like that go a long way because this is a grind. It's very difficult to be based in a game that's usually de dealing with a lot of failure and the little bit of success that you find, you want to hold on to that and that feeling and you share that with the fans. And so the more and more that this team finds ways to find success and get over a lot of these little adversities and even if it's something personal like what Marte has gone through, everyone in that clubhouse felt a little bit and, and just kind of pointed up to the heavens when that ball was hit because it, it was absolutely destroyed. I mean, 400, I think it was 44, 444 feet um, and it was just a great moment for him to be able to get that out of his system and continue to play great baseball all, the whole weekend. Yeah, and, you know, you had massive bombs from Alonzo and Marte over the past week, and Marte has been a big part of this lineup with some guys struggling. You know, Luis Guillorme, not one of them, hitting three thirty eight. Mm -hmm. Robinson Cano's release has benefited him, giving him more playing time, and he's tearing the cover off the ball. And then, like we said, the pitching is, is the concern right now. And the Mets are scouting Tyler Molly and Frankie Montas, according mm -hmm. to John Heyman of yep. the New York Post and the, the new podcast, The Show, on Tuesdays with him and Joel Sherman. They got to get one of those guys. I mean, they have to get a starter, Figgy. I feel like, yeah, you're hoping DeGrom and Scherzer come back and are good, but if they're not... You can't do what you did last year and have the Braves get everyone and you get one or two guys and hope that it works. It looks like they're going to win the division. It's early. They're eight games up. They might blow it. Yes, we uh, think they're going to win the division. Let me not call it too mm -hmm. early. But I do think even with injuries, they'll win the division. But they need to get a, another pitcher and some depth here. And we, we already know they need relievers because as fun as Medina was while he was, Got rocked the other day. Mm -hmm. Shreve's been getting rocked. Yeah. Shreve has come back down to earth. This bullpen is dying for another arm. And I think the starters, you got to get it. Because, listen, we'll see Sapucky, 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 Sapucky. Um, that reminds me of uh, Music Man, if, you ever, if you've ever seen it. <laughs> Shapoopy, Shapoopy. Doc Gooden will join us later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pro's pro. I had to do that one. Um, Sapuki, Sapuki will make his debut Wednesday, but we can't see guys making their debuts every week. We can't see fill-ins every week. We can't see any more Trevor Williams. I don't dislike him, but he's just not a guy who should be pitching every five days. Got to get arm in this rotation. Yeah, an arm, an arm or two. Um, you, you're looking at those two guys. Molly was a um, all-star last year. Uh, Luis Castillo, again, is still with the Reds. He's a guy that uh, it was always a very highly coveted. Montes is a, a nice fit as well. He's a strong power arm that a tremendous pitch ability the Mets have made trades already with Oakland a few times they have uh, you know some good ties with Oakland um, Sandy of course going way back with the Oakland guys um, I think they will do a deal uh, also uh, here's my plug I have a uh, Julio Teheron who's pitching to a 1.6 ERA right now with us and He's healthy and would be great to have in the rotation. Got to remember, Julio Tejero is only 31 years old, and he a two-time All-Star, a guy who was uh, the ace of the Braves for four years, and um, I, I think would be a tremendous insurance policy for the Mets to have, whether it's in a starting role or if he was long relief. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Advertising this, is very hard. This, this brought to you by. No, I, I, I just think they, they definitely need a guy, and, and if you can't make a trade or you the trades are too lucrative, you have somebody right here in the backyard well, in listen, Staten Island. Big Sexy is out there taking videos too. Maybe we'll <laughs> see him in a Mets uniform one day. He's out there taking videos, throwing. So the Mets could use help wherever they could get it. 
Uh, maybe Molly or Montez is the guy, or maybe Julio Tehran goes from Staten Island to Queens. Never know. He's just leaving one borough to the other. I assume he would go on a minor league assignment first before getting the immediate. Why he's been doing call. that already? That's true, but maybe a higher level to mm. a triple minor leagues is minor leagues. Nobody cares what the numbers it's, it's are over there. Quite the bump. He's healthy and ready to go. You heard quite me. The bump. All right. Hashtag at. All right. The Mets got the Giants this week. San Francisco on off day Thursday, and then the Phillies. Over the weekend, Doc Gooden's coming up next. We'll we'll throw this out there too. We got to say rest in peace to Joe Pignatano, an original 1962 Met, the bullpen coach of the 1969 World Series Mets. John Franco's cousin passed away Monday, 92 years old, dementia. Thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Did you know Joe at all? Yeah, I knew Piggy pretty well. Uh, Piggy was camp. his nickname. Yeah, Piggy was his nickname. So Piggy Fig- and Piggy. Piggy and Piggy. So okay. we, uh, I met him originally uh, fantasy camp my first year, and he was around. He's one of those old-time guys with the great stories. And just, I mean, when the names that would come out of his mouth, with Sandy Koufax's and, you know, the Gil Hodges stories and all oh, those. stories. Oh, my days. God. It was it was amazing. Just to, every year he would just be better and better at, at, at giving these stories and we used to have what's called bull sessions, ironically, uh, where we would have a tent. We would have a <laughs> tent. The oysters. We'd have a tent set up where everybody would kind of eat barbecue, sit around, and it would be like an open Q and A. Um, no video cameras, no recordings, uh, where guys got to ask questions and guys got to give their real thoughts and real answers. And so Piggy would come up and always give us, you know, a, a classic tale of yore from the old days of, you know, when the Mets first started to when they won the World Series and everything in between. And uh, he always had everybody cracking up, laughing on the floor. Him and uh, Lenny Harris had a very special relationship. They'd always give each other gruff and, 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 and Lenny never held back on him, you know, even you know towards the end where he was, you know, you could tell like he was starting to decline. His grandson played in fantasy camp with us and wanted to do it in his honor and played very, very well. And it was great to have him there one last time. He's definitely going to be missed. You know, that's one of the things about being part of that fantasy camp family and the fraternity of Mets players and alumni is that, you know, we're getting to that age where we're starting to lose more and more guys and you want fans to know, you know, their stories and how much they're appreciated for everything that they have done to bring a lot of us along the way. We, we grew up with these guys. We grew up watching these guys. And then you get tutelage from them as coaches and, and as friends. And, you know, lifelong uh, friendships are made from the fantasy camp days. And Piggy and his family, um, you know, my condolences go out to them. And he'll definitely be very, very missed. Rest in peace to Joe Pignatano, a.k.a. Piggy, from a 69 Mets coach to an 86 World Series champion. Dwight, a.k.a. Doc Gooden, will join Amazing But True next. Two underneath your feet. Gotta keep, guy's got to keep his feet warm. Two in the hands, two in the buttocks. All right, joining us now on Amazing But True for, I believe, Figgy is fourth appearance on the show. He might be in the Hall of Fame of Amazing <laughs> But True. You've won a free T-shirt. It's 1986 Mets World Series champion. He also won a World Series against the Mets as a Yankee. Cy Young winner, four-time All-Star, Triple Crown winner, NL Rookie of the Year, the Doctor, Doc Gooden. Dwight Gooden is with us here, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. Doc, welcome back to the program. How you been? Oh, everything's great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Hope you guys are doing well. Everything's going good, man. No complaints. Mets are playing well. Good to be back in New York. Yeah, they have been. Most wins in the National League, but we have to start with the most pressing issue, and that is, will you be playing in Old Timers Day in August? Are you gearing up to play? Have the Mets called you? What's the deal? Yes, I'll be playing. Hopefully, hopefully, let's knock on wood. 
I'm a starting pitcher for about, I might have like five pitches, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the key is I will be there. Hopefully I'll be playing. Starting to get in good shape now, just getting ready for that. You don't want to go out there and embarrass yourself, especially with my kids on him. But um, it, should be, it should be fun. I'm glad they bring Old Timers back to City Field. I mean, it's wonderful for the fans. They've always been talking about it, especially like seeing it with the Yankees. I played a couple of Yankees all the time, but, you know, I'm a Met always. So it'd be great. It'd be great to be taking part of it. Looking forward. So did they ask you to start? And what was the comp? Was it like Steve Cohen called you? Billy Epler called you? And they said, Doc, we want you to start Old Timers Day. What was that conversation? No, no, no. They didn't actually ask me to start, but I figured, I'm just, I'm just assuming. I'm assuming. Cause I figured like Jerry Cruz is probably too old. Um, <laughs> you know, process of elimination. Maybe pretty, it's plenty. It's plenty of options. I'm just assuming I'm starting. Nobody actually told me I'm starting. They did tell me I'm, they want me to play, but they didn't say I was starting. I'm just assuming that. Look, I I, I was fanboying my very first fantasy camp. Doc Gooden was opening up for us. We do that at like pros versus Joes at the end of the week. So after we beat him up seven games in five days, now it's take on the pros. And on the mound is Doc catching at, at that time was John Stearns. John Stearns. Right? Yeah, it was Stearns. It was Stearns. It was Stearns who did it. Yep. So Stearns, he's catching him. I get asked to play third base. I'm like, sweet. Doc went out there and his ceremonial first pitch. And then walked it off. <laughs> then walked it off. After that, the, yep. the campers faced Kevin Baez, who was trying to blow 85 gas. Oh, yeah, the, the older you get, the further that mound gets. <laughs> but Phoenix took a throw. I'm pretty impressed, man. You still get it up there. And last November was in camp. You were in oh, bullpen. Right. Yeah, you still can throw it, man. Yeah, me and Heath Bell, we take it serious, man. It's a competition. Well, we, what do you throw now, Figgy? Because I was a Mets Facebook group. They or a chat asked me, what can Figgy throw? What speed? One shirt. Or went down with the injury, they're like, We gotta go to the scrap heaps. We, hey, I, hey, I, said, hey, scrap I said, You throw 82, is that right? 80 poo is what it's more like, but I, <laughs> as long as you can mix it up and keep them off Yo. balance, it still works. Uh, below the hitting speed is really important these days. When you're 82 with movement, that's the difference. <laughs> you got 82 in you, Doc? No, I mean, you had to ask two pitchers. You, you know, it's funny, a couple years ago, so I'm on the mound pitching, right? And I tell a guy, Hey, put the um velocity on the scoreboard, I want to see where I'm at. It has 65. I said, man, take that down. Take that down. <laughs> take that down or turn it up. One of the two. So I clocked out at 65. That was the last time I pitched. That was the last time you let it eat, right? That's a good E-Fest. That was the last time. That's an El Duque E-Fest, Listen, right? listen. It's okay, just well, it's it's a- all these fantasy camps. Like, we want to see that curveball. We want to see this. We want to see that. If we need call it Cousin Larry now. It's not Uncle Charles anymore. <laughs> No more Uncle Charles is cousin Larry. <laughs> I'm telling you, like you, you go out there and you have those, you know, moments where it starts to kick in. You're like, yeah, you know, I could still do this. And I remember Pratt was catching me, and all the campers are like, man, you could probably still pitch. And Pratt goes, he'd get laced all over the place. There's no shot that he could actually do it. Should the Mets ask and will he do it, Lenny Dykstra? Do you think he'll be in the old timers day? Just my opinion, no, but they should ask. Lenny played a big part of the Mets history, man. He played a big part of the 86 team. To me, he was one of the underrated outfielders during his time. Yeah, I, I still think the fans would love to see Lenny. I would love to see Lenny. And I think he deserved to play in that game. But with the Max ass, I don't know. I mean, I know he had a problem with the Wilpons. You have new ownership now. And I think he'll be great to have there. It'd be great to see Lenny there. So I hope they give him a chance to come and play. I don't think they will, but yeah. they should. Yeah, no, you know what I think? I, th- I think if they do do it, it's going to be one of those best kept secrets. And like the doors to the bullpen will open and Lenny will come out from the bullpen, go right to center field. So it's not Smoking that far. Smoking a heater. Oh. Yeah. So it's not that far of a run and just drive everybody nuts. That would be awesome. He deserved to be there, man. For real. All jokes aside, he should be there. And that would be great. Great way to do it. I would love that.
Have you noticed the difference in ownership? Have has Steve Cohen reached out to you? It does seem like they're trying to get more alumni involved than maybe the Wilpons might have done. Have you seen the difference in the ownership change? Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Actually, I went to his house for a charity event he had. I got to meet him and talk with him. Got to talk with his wife. Great people. Great baseball people. Great baseball family, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it is changes. I think they're bringing Banner Day back next year. Um, they get more fan-friendly, which is great for it. It's a win-win for everybody. Or, you know, alumni around because not only, you know, it's great for the fans, but even the, the players now, the ones that know the history of the game, I think it's just great. And that way, hopefully that's where the Mets get, you know, identity. They, they haven't had a, a true identity for a couple of years. They got great players. They have a great team. They're playing well. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Yeah, for me, I, I know, you know, a lot of us have gone on and played in different places, but our heart stays in New York. And it makes it difficult when you want to be a part of the the culture and a part of the environment. And it just doesn't feel like there's a, a – it was – welcomed you know I mean for someone like you you know you got you you got the 86 team you got you know Daryl you got all those guys like you guys should be all around the ballpark a lot more for the guys that you know were more not that we were no names but you know you made a name for yourself wearing a Mets uniform in any way shape and or form you should be welcomed back with open arms and just for the opportunity to do that I always try to stay close to the organization and it didn't feel like it was always you know well received now with Jay Horowitz doing the alumni events and things like that and now you see Steve Cohen wanting to have more of a relationship with those former players and to have them so that you do have a some kind of connection to the history of this team throughout all the championship the two championships I should say there was a lot of years of you know ups and downs that Met fans didn't just give up on their team they rooted for the team just as hard hoping that they would get back to the, the those title games but I do think that this ownership group is making a point of bringing back a variety of different players for a variety of different reasons and I think that's what's going to make this team this team especially this year the way that they're playing is special because the all the fans want to reconnect with them as well. Oh, most definitely. I think it's a great thing. Well said. And um, hopefully, do. I, I remember in 96, my first year with the Yankees, I, I went to spring training. You know, you had DiMaggio, you had Yogi, you had Gidry, you had um, Reggie Jackson, Goose mm-hmm. Gossage, yep. all these guys around. And it was great for us, too, because you can pick their brains, you just talk baseball. It was great for the fans. It was one win. So hopefully, all the Mets are doing that with some guys, you know, in spring training as well. I know. I know I saw Mookie there, Piazza was there, Franco, those guys. So it's good to see more of those guys coming around and uh, hopefully do even more. You went to Steve Cohen's house. So give us the details. Give us the MTV Cribs edition, Doc, of the Cohen household. Was it epic? Was it majestic? Was it beautiful? Oh, it was beautiful, man. It was like it was like a American Dream Mall. Fuck <laughs> some. I mean, the Ferris wheel? They got a Ferris wheel? <laughs> I mean, and they had a Ferris wheel, but this house was, I mean, it was nice. It was nice. It was, it was very nice. I didn't get to see like a tour on the inside. I saw a little bit of the inside, but it was on the outside. But job well done. I mean, this house was nice. You can tell this guy, he means business with everything he does. He's first class. He wants the best of the best. So I'm happy that he's, um, nothing is too punch. But I'm happy that he's in, you know, he's in control now. He's first class up in the sky. All right, oh, a little Doc <laughs> quoting a little new Jack Harlow there. Uh, your oh, thoughts no. on the Mets early on? You know, Scherzer's hurt now. Degrom is hurt. Two top line starters, guys like you back in the day. Are you concerned with the injuries, or do you think these guys come back and and they'll be just fine for a deep October run? 
I am concerned. Anytime you have injuries, I'm concerned. Um, I know they talk about when this guy's somebody be like a trade, but I'll start with the groom. He's had a lot of time off. I know his pitch, he's he's the man. He's the best in the game, no doubt about it. But he's had a lot of time off, you know, dating back to I think what July of last year. So when he come back this year it'd be almost a whole calendar month. And plus, you know, getting back on the mound, getting comfortable, he's facing the best hitters. So I like to see him come back. Well, hopefully he comes back. Uh, so there's no guarantee he's coming back, but I like to think he's coming back. Scherzer, Scherzer's just a beast, man. He's an old school guy. He's giving you seven plus every time. Eight to seven go down. Now you got two or two of your top guys down. Hopefully, you know, these guys can hold it for until these guys get back. Um, I think they can, but it's still, you know, we got to see. It's still early, man. It's still early. I know you got a big lead, but it's still early. I'm not getting my tickets yet for the Bills, but it's still, it's good to see. It's a different unit. I get that. Different manager. Experience, I think Buck's doing great. He's keeping guys together. Got some nice veterans coming in this year with free agency. So I, you know, I like the makeup of the team. They're going to be right there. But it's going to be tough because the Braves still going to make a run. You know that. Mm-hmm. And the Phillies, they often scares me. Martin's got great pitching. It's still early. No doubt. I, I think that's one of the things is that there's not nearly as much panic in Panic City at, at this point because they have a nice lead in the division still. But we saw what happened last year. 100 games in first place and no additions were made at the right time and the team fell by the wayside. There you go. You love by that the one. wayside. Uh, what we know about this new ownership group is they're not afraid to spend. They're not a, uh, afraid to go out and make trades. They're not afraid to make this team better. And like you said, Uncle Stevie wants the best of the best. These guys have already been in how many bench clearing brawls? It doesn't get talked about enough that you can't continue to go out there and be a punching bag for you know the rest, especially the National League East. And we're seeing a different attitude with this team. Who do you think is the key to that whole thing? I have to say, Bucks had the stone with that, and, and the reason I said because I remember the look he had on his face when he played the Nationals open the season, and a, a couple guys got hit, and Bucks at the top of the step looking without saying it directly. He put the word in these guys here. You got to take you guys, and like Bucks say, whether it's intentional or not, I mean, don't don't do it. Don't pitch inside if you can't pitch inside. Our guys getting hit, we're gonna have, basically have to retaliate. Like I say, the Bitcoin ball. I love that. I love that attitude, and probably I think that's what plays a part in it as well. I don't know him personally, but from the things I hear, I think him and, and having Bucks. Those are two guys, but I think Buck is the main reason. And a lot of people, Doc, have compared, you know, that fight to that eighty to you guys in the eighty six team. And did Davey Johnson give you guys like that kind of fight back mentality that you think Buck has instilled in this team? Um, we just knew we had guys like Keith and Ennis, Ray Knight, Gary Carter. The guys just just knew, but then we also had guys like Daryl Strawberry and Kevin Mitchell would tell me, <laughs> Doc, let's fight today, hit somebody. <laughs> you know, like, Hold on, guys. Let me at least get five minutes. Man. I want to win first. Then with so I mean, we had guys that you know come to a park and we're ready. We had each other's back, all egos aside. We were all together, and these guys didn't care. We didn't want to be like you know. Only thing we want to be like about was our own fans and, and our own teammates. Outside of that, it was no front nines. It was none of that stuff, man. And he didn't really have to tell us. We knew, you know, he was aware of that. A controversial figure is Matt Harvey, and you know Jeff mm. Wilpon. Asked you to talk to Harvey. I guess there was no luck there. Recently suspended 60 games by MLB for distributing oxy. It's obviously a troubled case, and you know you you had similar issues in your past. Have you reached out to Matt Harvey? Has he reached out to you? And yeah, it's a tough thing. I, I like Matt as a person. Number one, um, I always like Matt. And when he came on the scene, I was one of the big fans of Matt watching him. And, and um, although Matt will always be a friend of mine, I haven't talked to him recently. I have reached out to him several times prior to that. Been announced and had no luck. Um, and, I, and I get it. I get it. Hopefully, it all works out for him personally as a person, number one. And the ball player stuff, you know, that, that's that's secondary to me. But, you know, he still have a life to live. And Matt's not a bad person, I don't think. Um, sometimes we make bad choices. And then the choice we make, they become 
addicted, especially in my case, that's what happened. So I just wish him the best as a person, number one. And number two, yes, the Mets did ask me to reach out to him a couple of years ago. I did through some friends at the time. I didn't have his number. He refused, which, I, like I said, I get it. When you're going through things like that, you think you got it under control and you're in a good place. But, you know, you can't do this stuff by yourself. And it took a long time for me to learn that and accept that because sometimes, especially as athletes, our ego get in the way. And that's what stopped me for a long time. I asked for the help I needed and really reaching out. So I would say hopefully he's okay now. He's in a good place and everything's getting better for him. And secondly, I still like to, you know, get on his career. That's what he wants to do. So you got to think of himself first. For Matt Harvey to not be able to even just take the phone call, I, I just know that you being involved more with this organization, things like this would happen less and less and less. And I'm, I, I know that that's something that kind of would probably keep you up at night when you think about it, that it, could you have been the one to reach out to him and get through to him? Oh, without a doubt, because I told him it's nothing that Matt has done and haven't done that I haven't been through. And I, I sent a message to him. I mean, I've been released. I've been traded. I had a problem with drugs. I mean, all these things. I've, I've been on the top of the mountain. I've been on the bottom. I mean, everything that he's been through, I've done that. So, obviously, all I've been doing is sharing my experience with him and hopefully something clicks. And the same thing, if I'm working with these guys, it's nobody's business, whatever we talk about. I just share my experience and, and give my advice and then let them go from there because someone did that for me. And that's why I'm still here today. I mean, I've done stuff that a lot of guys have lost their lives for, but I'm still here. I'm here for a reason. And so the rest of the time that I do have here, I like to reach out and help and just carry the message. And the mess that I made turn into a message. I would love to give that back to the organization or anybody that's in search of that because and at the same time, it would keep me going by constantly sharing my past. It's that reminder to keep me going. Some good thoughts there from Doc. You can follow on Twitter at DocGooden16. Well, Doc, hopefully, uh, we, you know, when, when I do the batting practice at this Ferry Hawks game, maybe you and Doc pitch to me, and we'll see uh, which one of you I uh, get a hit off of. <laughs> uh, he's going to hit you. He's going to oh, throw in wild. Oh, 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 then, hey, guys, I got a big announcement coming up, too, but oh, oh, it's not know. quite there yet. It's coming, so and I think about two weeks or like the second week of June, I'll give it to you. Oh, it's gonna be exclusive. it's gonna be very, very big, very yeah. excessive. I'm excited. Something I've been working on for a long, long time. And I think it's gonna help me and others as well if that's going through any kind of struggles, whether it's mental, drugs, or whatever it may be. Awesome. All right. There's a there's a teaser. I thought you were gonna say you're si- Figgy signing you guys with the Ferry Hawks. You know, Figgy is their pitching coach and they can the use some pitching. They're oh, yeah, struggling. Figgy, a yeah, bit. man, you guys that's right. I actually know the ownership of the, of the Ferry Hawks. They've been good friends of mine for a long time. So um, they told me to give you guys some shit, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know. hey, li- listen, all, all I know is we could use all the help we can get, and I would love to have yeah. you come out to a ball game, hang out, and meet the guys. This way they can see that, you know, dreams do come true, and uh, th- there's a lot of guys I would definitely look up to. So we'll have to get you out to a Ferry Hawks game so that can spark us. But sure, I think I'm there on the 23rd, I believe. I'm going to check the date, but the ownership will make it come out for a Doc Gooden Day at the Fair Hawks. I think it's the 23rd of June. That's when I'm coming, Figgy. June 23rd, Doc Gooden Day. You, you say, talk to the guys. I haven't pitched the ninth inning right now. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you're struggling a little I'm not bit. Quite there yet. I, I'm not a little far now. I'm not quite there yet. They're not used to these 63 mile an hour EFISs coming out of <laughs> no. Doc, so you might get yep. a few strikeouts there. Uh, yeah, get that in a spider tech, you know, for sure. <laughs> spider tech. Well, spider tech does the trick. Well, we're, we're looking forward to the announcement we're looking forward to seeing you uh stat island we're looking forward to old timers day and seeing you and the whole yes, gang there that's going to be a fun one doc good and thanks for coming on amazing but true thanks for you guys having me man you got two other great work always good to talk to you guys you're the best brother Thank thanks you. doc i just love buck so much <laughs> all right Vicky. 
That says goodbye to that Chick-fil-A stomach roar in your episode 105 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, and no thanks to Jake, who made me go all the way to Chick-fil-A with him to carry two bags and two sodas. I didn't realize that they put the, the sodas in the bag, and I still think I would have dropped something. So I didn't want to risk spilling one of our sodas or, you know, his or Alex just, Cobb salad falls uh, out of the bag. Or just you holding know. them with your bare hands. Listen, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, risk I, it. I, I, now I realize after because there's a guy in a cane holding a bag <laughs> and a soda. So I look like a freaking idiot. Brooks. But Brooks was his name. Brooks Kepka over here, yeah. Karen. Poor Brooks. Poor Brooks turn, Robinson, the at, vacuum of Chick-fil-A bags. As you were trying to get your barbecue sauce, and you Neither. turn around, and poor Brooks is going up there with a cane. His friend says, hey, can I help you? And he says, no, I got it. Puts his hand through the handle, grabs the soda with one hand, cane in the other, and nicely walks out the door. Meanwhile, Jake is in a tizzy to the point that there's a gentleman in a suit in Chick-fil-A that's asking, is this a life lesson being learned? And I said, absolutely it is. is. Tizzy a word? I think that's a sign it's for my future. Me and a cane and my arthritic knees. Oh my God. Getting all Chick-fil-A with diabetes. All I know is stay tuned for the video. It this is getting posted. video is me it waiting is. for barbecue sauce okay. with a man in a cane in his bag. <laughs> You're in the back row of the video. I don't see you holding a bag. It's, I didn't see it. I should have been holding a bag. You're a grown-ass man. Thanks to you, Jake. And I wanted the company. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter at Amazing But True. And subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page where we post full unedited, unedited. (laughs) Say that twice. (laughs) I don't know where to go from here. Unedited version of Amazing But True. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Nice. Any plans? Yeah, a lot of baseball. Yeah, you'll be playing triple headers with the fog delays and fog outs. Oh. Good God. F outs, fog outs. I, that's, a, that's a new one. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for joining us along this wild ride called Amazing But True. We're going to need a drink after today. A long, long episode. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Mets. Have yourselves a great Memorial Day weekend. And because I already said let's go Mets, we'll say it one more time. Let's Let's go go Mets. Mets. Very nice. Peace. Happy Memorial Day. There'll be fireworks going off on Memorial Day.